Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitchell. David. I have a few things I want to talk about before we get into these topics. Oh. First off, I've got to eat some crow. Uh-oh. I talked so much shit about the Chiefs are going to whip everyone's yep. ass. And then they fucking lost. Dude, what a wild week for quarterbacks. Dude, it was a shit show. I like, mean... It was a shit... All the good teams did shitty. Dude, I, you know what's fucked up? Like... Josh Allen for Buffalo had those turnovers. Yeah. He's averaging, I heard this stat today, over like the last eight or nine games, he's averaging two per game. Yeah. He's given up the ball so much. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Joe Burrow, we all knew he sucked. Yeah, he tanked it. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Achilles out. Out for the season. Dude, did you? Three plays, four plays. Did you? Okay, were you watching? No. So like, okay, so the whole offseason, so they were on hard knocks. Okay. Okay, on HBO, like where they go into training camp and they do yeah. all that. There's all this hype. Everyone in New York is so excited. And I was too. I was like, dude, let's well, see what happens. Well, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Let's see what happens. It would be fucking awesome, right? Yeah. And in four plays, like the stadium was bumping. I mean, just was awesome. And then it was just like, whoop. Done. No, I like silence. Still won in overtime though. You know, their defense is awesome. Yeah. And Zach, is it Wilson? Is their quarterback? I don't know who their backup is. I think that's his name, Wilson. I mean, he's okay. Like, he's all right. Yeah. What do you think the chances of Tom Brady coming out back? Yeah, that's, oh, that's a pretty funny joke you see in all these pictures yeah. of, like, Tom Brady has a chance to do the funniest thing ever. To, uh, dude, I guarantee he got at least one phone call. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, Tom. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I know it's last minute, but, like, uh, <laughs> what do you think, bro? Let's just see our options, yeah. right? Like, I don't, I don't know, but seriously, the and Chiefs then, fucking sucked. Ugh. And then you got Tua. Tua and Hill are clicking. Yeah. And that was a pretty explosive game. I mean, I think that their offense is going to be badass. The first thing is, too, it can't stay healthy. He's not tough enough. Yeah. Second off, dude, their defense is garbage. Yep. They yep. give up way too many. They're the they're the Chiefs when they had Trent Green. And Maybe. They, and they yeah. put up like 40 points, and then they'd lose 41 to 40. Yeah. Because like, there was like no one playing Trent defense. Green was the best at almost winning. <laughs> he it almost won a lot of games. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> I, know, you know, I know. He is... Like, you know what I will say? So him and Kevin Harlan are announcing now together. Dude, they're great. Yeah. They're going to be like the next, I shouldn't say the next big thing because Kevin Harlan is like the greatest announcer. He does the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he does, I don't think he does baseball, but he does everything else. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love him. He's great. But yeah. So for all of you that were like, man, these guys just talk about the Chiefs kicking ass. Ha ha ha. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah. It was a dumpster fire. It was. I was there. <laughs> it was bad. That's why yeah. I can't stomach. So, now, like, I know a guy who he has four tickets. I don't know how much your tickets are. Like, his are two fifty a ticket or something. Like, so, it's a thousand bucks a game with parking or really close to it. No. So your for him, first for him. Yeah, maybe maybe he's got. He has really good tickets. Yeah, maybe he got low level tickets. But then I'm like, dude. So you just spent a thousand dollars to be disappointed. I'm like, so, ah, I can sit at home and be disappointed. Here's the like, 
here's the thing with like the chief season tickets, your first season as a season ticket holder, um, you pay out the nose. You like you'll, double. you'll never pay more than you do your first Isn't season. It double close. It's close. It's more than double for me. Um, Ooh. so my first season with four tickets, it cost me $11,000. For four season tickets and a parking pass. We should probably talk about your spending habits. That's on another okay. show. Another, okay. <laughs> another show. We'll talk about you spending too much money on shit. Um, <laughs> second around, which is this year, because this is our second year. Um, it I was. This is your third. Is your second? It's my second. Okay. So now the, the, the reason you think it's year three is because the year before last year, I went to almost every game, but we didn't have oh, season tickets. you were tickets. just buying tickets. We, I, oh, okay. We were intentionally gotcha. buying them all over the stadium so we could find out where we wanted season tickets. Yeah. And 30, so, 30 to 30. No. Somewhere, no one in front of you. That's I like, my favorite. I like third ring goal line because you can actually see half of the goal line action like right in front of you. Like 50-yard line, I don't really know if I'd like that because you can't see any goal line plays. And so... Our season tickets are right on the goal line, third ring. We're only five rows up on the third ring. So, I mean, it's awesome. And, I sit, I and we're in the sun, so in the winter, it's not bad. Yeah, I sat club level one time in the second row of club level. Yep. Like, it's where the suites are, you know? Yep. Those were probably the best seats I've ever sat in. Yeah. Because you can, there's literally no one in front of you, and that's like almost the same angle as the cameras are when yep. you're watching it on TV, and you can see everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just... it. It's super easy to see. Yeah, but there's, dude, they're like double your tickets. Oh yeah, no, they're they're you insane. Can't, you can't. I'm so, not paying twenty five grand a year for fucking season tickets. So the Stop. next home game is the Chiefs versus the Bears. The Bears don't come to KC, but like once every four years or something like that. You know, and Dan's so, talking about coming down. Yeah, he's not going to come come down for the Bears. I already talked to him. Oh, um, I talked. So I talked to him Sunday night. Yeah, and he was talking about trying to get tickets. He was talking about coming Sunday morning or Saturday night. Yeah, going to the game. And then doing his stuff with you on doing, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. We talked about that. I told but, him to get after it. I said, I, Dude, get it. I, I said, I will take you. To, if you show up, I will buy dinner wherever you want to go. As of this so, moment, I have an extra ticket, but it's probably not going to last long because I don't, Danielle's not going to go. But um, no one's surprised. So like before the Chiefs even announced their schedule, um, one of my plumbers, Spencer. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Said, hey, if the Bears come to come to Arrowhead, can I have the tickets? Is he a Bears fan? No, he's got family that'll come in town for it. Oh, nice. And so before I even like even knew the Bears would be coming to town, I'm like, sure, right? Like yeah. th- that's why I got the tickets, so I could take care of my guys and my team and, and yeah. my my you know everything else. Yeah. And so um, uh, then they announced the schedule. Boom. And Spencer's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I yeah. told you, yeah, but yeah, buy and the tickets." So he gets my tickets, and now I got I'm on the hunt for four more tickets. So uh, picked up four more. And it's from somebody I bought them from. Man, that was an experience uh, asking for season tickets. It's crazy how fast the scammers. Oh, dude. They flooded. Like, yeah. I don't have a crazy large. Like, these scammers must be searching posts with the word tickets in them. Because remember when we were selling Tradewinds events tickets? Yeah. And you told me, you were like, hey, these I, people. I think, and I was like, dude, I think that's got to be scammers because there were like three on there that said they had bought extra tickets. And, I bought extra or I bought them and I can't go and I need to sell them and contact me and all this stuff. And these are people that are just wanting to scam your Venmo. Yeah. And I need to next time I'll I'll know to post on there. Hey, no one has sold any extra tickets because I can go to Stripe and be like, oh, 
Yeah. I mean, I we just got to delete them off is what it is. I, I can go on the website on the back end and see literally where everyone clicked yeah. at any given time and what they did. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just the stop. first the first couple people that commented on my post asking for bearish tickets. You know, I I, well, I wasn't caught on to it yet. Right. So I'm like messaging them. Yeah. And the <laughs> the first one had like first ring tickets and they were selling them for like 200 bucks a piece, which is cheap. Not yeah. super cheap, but cheap. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, for that early in the season, that's super cheap. And I'm like, uh, like day okay. of, that's probably regular. Right. Because people are trying to unload them. And then I always Facebook stalk anybody that I interact with. And I'm like, I don't have any friends in common. This person has no, yeah. they have no connection to any city on Facebook. He's from Pakistan. No, <laughs> no, they, it's not that. I mean, here's here's a, they're, all their photos look the same. Yeah. Their, their, yeah, face, yeah. their description yeah. is going to have some reference about religion. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of times they'll quote a Bible verse in their yeah. description. Uh, yeah. Their pictures will always show a man and a woman together yeah. of some kind. They're trying to be neutral. They're trying to be neutral, yeah. but they have no connection to any city whatsoever. And then they'll only have one photo about every four to six months. And it's just like, uh, yeah, something's weird, right? Yeah. So then somebody else. Although that, my photos are one every four I know. You six. look like a scammer on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Can you, and, can you switch your name to David Hilton? That would make. Yeah. You're awesome. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> All right. We're trying to we're trying to work here. Uh, <laughs> so so then the next person that I messaged, um, they had club level tickets and they were uh, they were club level on the 50 yard line. Yeah. Only like row two. Yeah. And I was like, how much are you asking for them? And keep in mind, I'm not caught on yet. And he goes, I don't know, 150 or 200 bucks a piece. Those are $400 tickets. And I'm like, uh, they're they're probably more than that. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm like, that's where the red flag went up. And so I started clicking on all of the people saying they had tickets. Yeah. And I'm like, every one of them, zero friends in common with any of these people. And I'm like, okay, I just made this post. The only, they don't follow me. Yeah. They don't any, like the, there's no way, just the way the Facebook algorithms work. There's no way in within the first three minutes of me making a post yeah. that I'm going to have seven people comment on it where I have zero friends in common with them. It's not like one of my friends tagged their friend or something <laughs> like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm like, holy cow, there is and a lot of scammers. I, on. So I started making comments in my own post like, to all my friends reading this, most of the people on here are scammers. I'm taking this post down as soon as I secure tickets. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, be careful is right. You know, that's why I always, people ask me, like, I'll get them on Tickets for Less or StubHub or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you know you're paying $25 extra a ticket? I'm like, yeah. But, I but don't it's have insurance. To, I don't have to spend six hours thumbing through bullshit. Or trying to meet some shady son of a bitch where I got to take my gun into an alleyway, which is what you used to have to do. You, you don't used have to do to, that yeah. now. Yeah, you now don't it's have to all do digital. That now. But it's like, no, I'm just, it's easy for me. Like, I've made it. It's okay. I can spend the extra $50. Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, time is money. Yeah, right? ti- yeah, time is money. And stress is, like, you can lower your stress level with money too, right? Yeah. Like, that's what vacations are for? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. But it's like, okay, if I'm going to go, I just I just go on there and I just buy them and I just fucking move on with my life. Notice how I talk about buying season tickets and he wants to talk about spending habits and here he is like bragging about spending an extra 50 bucks on tickets. I didn't spend 11 <laughs> grand, so if I go to one game, I can well, afford the extra 50 bucks. Well, to be fair, there's always, people have this like weird view of business owners. Like anytime, like a business owner could be like, yeah, I bought a toothbrush for 89 cents and you're going to have the person to like, oh. go... <laughs> 
man, he's over spinning on toothbrushes. <laughs> you know, Don't yeah. they know the dentist gives them away for free? Yeah, man. First <laughs> off, I have, an exp- I have an expensive dentist, and I use those brushes because they're really nice. Yeah. They are really nice. What else was I going to talk to you about for? Oh, man. Saturday? So it's hunting season's almost here, right? I right. know you think you're above whitetail deer hunting. But <laughs> I, uh, I thought, you know what? I'll go out. I'll make sure all my stands are set up. I'll do a little trimming. You know, not a big deal. Dude, I sprayed so much bug spray on me. Like, I was thought I was going to die from breathing it in. Yeah, you feel nasty. Dude, I got eaten alive. Yeah. Eaten alive. I couldn't sleep last night. I had to put hydrocortisone on three times and take three shots of vodka at like 11 o'clock so I could sleep. It was unbelievable. I thought, I, look at me. Yeah. Look at this. Dude. Look at my neck. I got, so I have a, I'll be curious to see how this season plays uh, out. I got a lot of friends out elk hunting right now. Yeah. Hey, do you remember the time that we talked about going and we were going to go and you were going to set it up and then it was going to be awesome and you were like, talked about it for three days and then you were like, oh, Dave, I forgot. Sorry. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't it? Well, turkey here's hunting? the problem. Bow I'll season. turkey hunting whenever you want. Bow season in Colorado is not the last weekend or last week of the month. So <laughs> <laughs> that's our only weekends are available. But anyway. First off. None of that. <laughs> None we, of that existed. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't start trade wins until four months after the season, yeah. so that's still on you. Um, anyway, uh, I got a lot of friends that are elk, elk hunting. No success whatsoever. Too hot? I don't know. Uh, but I was guessing. I, you haven't talked to him? In my past, it seems like when the elk hunters have great success, the whitetail hunting season is pretty active as well. So I'll be curious to see how the whitetail how season... How did they do last year? great okay yeah like i did great last last year year was one of the years where almost everybody was coming home with elk and so it's like and and you did great i went deer hunting with my boys and we had crazy activity like it was awesome so you guys did really well so i'll be curious to see what happens with whitetail this year that'll be interesting it it will be it will be there's there's powers it be with the hunting that are not in our control um some i will say that the only thing i will the way to get past that is just to be out as much. Yeah, as Yeah, you can. just got to be out there. Like they will all. They're come still there, out and they will all be out eventually. It's just, can you time your time yep. with their time? Yep. You have to be at one with the earth, man. Like I'm not a hippy dippy, but like is when the, I do, is this hunt, where you tell me that you take your pants off in the deer stand <laughs> and you you find that little that Dude, woodpecker hole in the I tree will, and you <laughs> this is taking a you dark become turn. one with the tree <laughs> it's not a dead tree there's no woodpecker hole in it oh my god what's the matter with you i don't know i will there's, say there's this. a lot of matter it's with been, me like it's been super dry right uh-huh. so back where i go and it's deep back in there there's two creeks like one of them's dry sometimes the other one i've never seen dry in like six years not a drop of water in it. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, I'm hoping we get some rain because I know that they travel that for water back and forth. And if we don't get rain, there may be nothing back there. Yeah. Never know. So we'll see. Never know. We'll see. All right. So we got two topics today. Was it a pun? Because we'll see. You know what? You just be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got to take Austin turkey hunting. Apparently. Did you hear that? He was talking about that. You guys oh, were talking no. about last year. Like, yeah, we'll take Austin Hill video in and yada yada. Oh yada. yeah, we were gonna film a podcast a podcast in a turkey blind. I've tried to. <laughs> I I've brought up a whole bunch of great <laughs> ideas. Yeah, fishing, golf, golf. To, no, no one ever wants to do it with me. Yep. We did the golf. <laughs> yep. <stuff>. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exactly real. Yep. I don't. Uh, I don't want to go. <laughs> I mean, what the? F- it's a time thing. 
What the? Oh, we got time to drive a mini fucking stupid van. That's a the, marketing thing. Dude, it's Blue Springs Fall Festival. The, the only people there are drunks and little kids. Hey. Everyone in Blue Springs knows who you are. The, the king of marketing markets to the children because He's, the children will one day okay, be buyers. Everybody freaking <laughs> stop right now. Did you just say the king of marketing? I'm not saying I'm the king. Okay. I'm saying the good marketers okay. market to the children. Because we were about to talk about money there real no, quick. No, He's no. <laughs> He's doing the like turning up a child in the way they should go from the Bible. Yeah. You should run Starting around in this little clown car. You l- get in there. Hey, I'm trying to find a Mario costume. <laughs> if I can find a Mario costume, you're I'll win that a, dang you're contest. You're more of a Luigi. You're well, tall maybe. and skinny. You're green. You yeah. got to work and your thing logo's green. You're a Luigi, not a Mario. Maybe I'll go. You're a Luigi. I mean... It is the modern times. I could go princess. <laughs> You're a fucking Luigi. <laughs> if you wear a princess costume, I'm coming out there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got two topics. Um, we had a third one, but we just ate up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So just, just kidding. Topic one is going to be shopping local. Uh, and topic two is stop replying to bad reviews. So um, <clears throat> topic one. <laughs> Uh, this actually uh, spawns from a Facebook post that I made where I was kind of encouraging some open discussion about shopping local because I've, I've got some sneaking suspicions on uh, what shopping local means versus how people apply shopping local. and where or, this, or how they think about shopping local. Yeah. So where this came from is um, I was on a job with, with this big sump pump program that we're doing. I'm out there on this job, and one of the neighbors <laughs> one of the neighbors came across the street and started talking to us, and um, the neighbors was asking, like, uh, you know, what all plumbers can do this work? And because I happened to be standing there, the engineers of the program kind of gestured to me, like, well, he does quite a bit of them, you know, and all this stuff, right? And, and the guy was like, hey, I've never heard of them. And then he starts rattling off all these other companies that he's heard of a lot. And none of those companies are in the program. These are like heavily marketing company, heavily marketed companies. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, none of these pro- plumbers are in the program. And he goes, well, I'm trying to shop local. And the, the engine. Dude, what the fuck? And keep it like we're, I mean, this is in our They're service all area. Local. Right. They're and, all local. Bro. And so the, the engineers are like, all these plumbers are local. Like, they're all small companies from around the Kansas City metro area. And he was like, I'm trying to go with the one closest to my house. I'm to live in my basement. And, I'm to come up in my basement and fix my toilet. And it's this, it's this phenomenon that I've talked about for a while where when people say shop local, really what they mean is like hyper local. Like, if you have a plumber one mile down the street and you have a plumber three miles away, you're going to consider the one that's one mile away more local. And it's in, in not like you won't consider it. I won't consider it. Like, local means like the local community, right? And the yeah. com- community is our metropolitan area. Well, and, I, and so... Yeah, like, I, I, I get, like, what they're kind of after, like, I, I kind of understand it, but it's completely stupid. It is. Because the guy that's closest to you probably completely sucks because you live in a tiny little part of, quote-unquote, Blue Springs. Like, literally, you can drive 20 minutes and drive by three other plumbers that are probably better. And they're all considered local. Yeah. Right. Well, like, so if I have, I, I will say, so if I have a choice between um, 
Mitch Smedley Plumbing lives. How far are we apart from each other? A mile and a half? Yeah. Something like that. Three, maybe. Yeah. And then I have a choice between another good friend of mine that's in Leavenworth, but I know for a fact that he's better than you. Leavenworth is 20 miles away, 30 yeah. miles away. If I know for a fact that he's better than you, I'll pick that guy. Right. That's still local, though. Yeah. It's right. 100%. Lo- like, yeah. Dude, our city's huge. It's so, not that far. Local, like... Local should be what? What? What would you say the circle of local should be? Twenty miles, ten miles, five miles, one mile. Well, here. So I have a different definition of shop local. Okay. I mean, technically, Walmart could be considered shopping local. Do you now? Do you do you read my notes? Do you see what this fucking says on it? It says Walmart. Oh what wow! Are you, you, what are you doing now? Now, like I understand Walmart's a big corporation and their money goes away and everything else, right? However, Walmart still employs a lot of local people. Walmart is still very connected to the local community. And so it and I'm not advocating for everybody to consider Walmart as shopping local. We're going to get into some shit right here. (laughs) I I know it. I'm I'm not advocating for that at all. But what I'm saying is like um, a lot of people because Mm. because Walmart is so huge, people are like Walmart's not local. Right. Um, price chopper is huge. People would consider price chopper maybe not local, even though we know very much it is. Price chopper and Walmart are not like Walmart's all over the country. Price choppers here. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, um, and, I love and, price chopper, by the way, anyone in Kansas city, you go to price chopper fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, we've, do it. we've talked about that in, before yeah. on the, on the you show. Talk about that again today. Nope, Mr. Nope. Shop local. I haven't <laughs> shopped at high V since though. Good for you. Yep. Uh, but, the it was so what it stems what it what it evolves into it very quickly evolves into instead of going hyper local ba- based off of distance from your location it very quickly evolves into company size and and so i posted this on my own facebook what does shopping local mean and you would be amazed how many comments had to do with the size of the company had nothing to do with location Locality had nothing to do with locality. <clears throat> Some of the comments were small mom and pop businesses. Well, what what does that have to do with local, right? Small mom, like I could, I could run a remote small mom and pop plumbing company a thousand miles away from here. I'm not local, but I'm small mom and pop, right? And and so so then I, I ask them a little farther, and I'm like, how big? can that business get before they're not considered local? And they, again, they don't even see or read or understand the word local. And they were like, Ooh, that's a really good question because once a company gets really big, it is kind of hard to consider them local. And, and it has all to do with company size, right? So shopping local doesn't actually have anything to do with location. Shopping local means supporting the little guy is, is ultimately what people are getting at. Right. And so, um, then somebody else was like, you know, not giving our money to out of state corporations and all of this stuff and giving it to the guys that support our communities and that sponsor our youth sports and everything else. Right. Well, take Chick-fil-A, for example, Chick-fil-A is a national franchise. However, the person that owns the Chick-fil-A down the street lives here in our community. 
Well, because, yeah, because he's a franchisee. He's a franchisee, right? And so we started talking about franchises and like, is that still local? Because all the employees are local. The owner is local. And, And somebody commented, foolishly commented and said, I don't support franchises because 90% of the revenue goes to the franchise. And I'm like, ah, you don't know how franchises work. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you on on the post, but um, we won't get into that. Yeah, what an idiot. It, it's more like 13 percent of the profits go to the franchise, you, not 90 percent of the revenue. And actually, most of them are you pay one time fee, and once that fee is met, then you're 100 percent on your own. Could be if you're in it for that long. Yeah, it, it just kind of depends. Like yeah. some some of your franchises are set up to where you are giving yeah. them a percentage, yeah, and then they're 13, it's not 13 percent. Like most of them are 10. They're kicking back max. your marketing and you know all of that stuff. Yes. But it was just a really interesting conversation about so so like we've talked about this before on the past about shitty small businesses will try to hang on this whole claim of these customers need to be shopping local and these customers need to be shopping local. Well, Shopping local doesn't get you shit if your if your quality's not there. If right? you suck, it doesn't matter. You're right. Out. Right. I'm not supporting you just because you're next to me and you suck. Yeah, and and so this has like all of that aside, and it's like, what is shopping local? Because there's like, let's say plumbing. Dude, I've changed my train of thought like four times <laughs> while you've been speaking. I'm gonna the, try to get my shit together. You gotta write your notes quick. down. The um, you know, there's some there's some local plumbing companies where their building is local, but they're owned by out-of-state investment firms, private equity firms. Um, We have a bunch of them here in the Kansas City area, right? And so some people consider those companies local companies. Other people are like, nope, they're out-of-state, right? It's just just really, and, and I'm not saying one way or the other, I'm just saying it's really interesting as a consumer. So as small businesses, we like to push, you know, whole shop local and everything else, right? It, it seems like an easy avenue to push, but your customers shop local. What, when you think shop local, your customer doesn't think what you think. No, they don't. They do not think what you think. Shop local really is a, a like a new thing, quote unquote, in the last five years, right. because it's been basically developed by big marketing companies that right. have said, hey, if we push shop local, like, why do you think Walmart has those little neighborhood fresh yeah. Centers now. Yeah. Because they're pushing that as we're in your neighborhood. Yeah, we're in we your are your neighborhood. We we are local. I mean, I will say to Walmart, I'm gonna speak about Walmart first. Walmart is um Walmart is an American owned company, right? Okay. So what happened to my headphones? Walmart uh, he, he turned an, yours down Walmart is an American owned company, right? Yeah. And so people that work at Walmart work in your community. They live in your community. Right. So that when you shop there and spend money, you are spending money in one state away in Arkansas from us in Missouri. Right. And and those people are getting paychecks and that money is staying in your community. Right. Let me finish. Right, right. No, no, I, I like where you're going. Walmart, the problem with Walmart is at the same time, all they do is sell Chinese crap. Yes. And people still go there and so it has a local feel, but the money's going overseas. Right. Other than a small percent, I shouldn't say small percent, maybe half of it stays in America with the corporation and half with employees and the rest is going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting completely from the hip. I may be making that up. I don't know where right. that's from. The problem is, and this, and I'm going to come back to what I was just saying, like the hypocrites that say, oh, you know, don't buy Chinese made goods. And then they live at Walmart and then they buy everything from Walmart. Right. And it's like. 
dude, you know all that shit's made in Taiwan and Chinese and all the in China and all this, all these other places. Like, what? Do you, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Stop. So as far as shopping local for big companies and big organizations, if they're in your neighborhood, a majority of that money is staying local. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So like that is perpetuating sales tax in your city, mm-hmm. in your county. That is rolling forward. So when all these people see like these big corporations come in and they're like, well, I don't want all my money going here or all my money going there, blah, blah, blah. Stop. Okay. A lot of that money is staying here. Do we wish that more of it wasn't going overseas and wasn't going to Washington and wasn't going to say they're from um, a, a big company like Coors that is in Denver? Of course not. Right. Like we want the majority of it to stay here. But the fact that they're spending money here and coming here and giving people that live here jobs, like that's very important. That is still a very small percentage of what i would say is still shopping local right right the real shopping local like when i think of like originally when i thought of shopping local i thought of and when you sent me this today and like what we've talked about before like i think of mom and pop shops in downtown lee summit right where the owners of the restaurant live here everyone that works in that restaurant lives here all yep. of those profits stay here. Yep. When I hear shop local, like that's what I think of, right? Right. Like I think of if if I want to, and this is just one example, when I think of I want to shop local, I think of restaurants. Because I don't, I like Texas Roadhouse, but I'd rather go to Third Street Social. Yeah. And spend 40 more dollars and know that the owner's live or are from missouri right right you know like i i would rather do that that's an easy way to think of it right but that is not always possible right right you can't always do that like another version of shopping local um ford has a huge plant here right like and they make cars here yep now if i order a ford truck from colorado does that mean i didn't shop local right even though that truck was made here right and really what i think you're trying I don't know if you're trying to get to this point or not but like my point is don't overlook the fact or get sucked up in the shop local quote unquote boutiques or you have to be doing this or you have to be doing that it's almost all here yeah you know what i mean if you want to shop local shop at places that you know the the majority of the profits are staying here yeah and that's it's such a divisive, stupid thing to even be dealing with. But like, if you're like, Oh, so a not shopping local thing would be like, if you only eat pizza hut, like there's a, there's a few, a a few employees at pizza hut and there's some delivery drivers. Yes. You're helping them. But yeah, the majority of that stuff is going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, ultimately I think what I've decided with the whole shop local thing is there is no true definition there, no, there's not. There's it's it's basically subject to whatever definition suits the person's opinion at the time, right? So like I bought a Ford. There's a Ford plant in town. That's local, even though their truck may have been built in Canada. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, or you know whatever the case may be. Um, and you know it's oh, it's just it's so weird. Like if you. Oh, 
if there's a big corporation, and I don't even know how to say it, Mitch. Let me, let me, so let me read through some of the uh, better responses on my post because okay. there's some good ones here, right? And these are, these are real people in our community, and this is what they think Shopping Local is. Locally mm. owned business whose owner lives in the area. That's probably the most truest definition of shopping local there's ever been. I got one better for you. Like, that's let me, good. Let me skip down to that one. That's good, right? Um, where's the better one here? So this is that. Like, that's good. Okay, doing businesses with companies that have ties to my community. In other words, the owner lives in my community and they support local sports or help local causes. That's a good definition of shopping local. That is. That could also be Chick-fil-A, Right. A franchise owner living in our community, but also yeah. supports local causes and, yeah, and everything else, yeah, right? I, yeah, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't argue with that, right? right? So by by his definition, you could have you could be owner of a national franchise and still be shopping local, right? Yeah. Um, now here's one of the more accurate ones, which is the whole reason for this topic. Shopping local is an overused term by business owners that get upset when other businesses that don't reside in their area start taking up market share. You, you know what? I will say <laughs> it's it's not wrong. I will say so. Um, like, I'm not going to say who they are. I don't. I don't want to get in trouble here. So, like, the last plumbing place you worked at, mm -hmm. they got bought by a huge conglomerate that's from where? Yeah, they used to be local, but now they're they're owned in Tennessee. Yeah, so owned like, out of Tennessee. So I wouldn't use them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I just, I wouldn't use them knowing that they were built here, even though those employees are They used here, to be local, but they're not. But they're not anymore. Like, right. Like, I, that, that to me, even though 100% of their, 99.9% .9 of their workforce is here. Right. And that money's staying here, I still wouldn't do that. Yeah. And that's, and that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, who who cares, right? Right. But no, I wouldn't because I don't want that extra amount of money that they're making. And maybe it's because I know that there are a lot of companies that are still here and owned, and I have choices. Right. And I can make a choice to get the same service and not have that money go out of state. Right. Maybe that's why. Right. You know what I mean? So, so here's one that says... Shopping local means shopping from small mom and pop shops, not big chains. And well, that, well, that so Chick Fil A. That's I don't know why we keep using Chick Fil A, but like if the guy if the guy paid a million dollars for a franchise tag, and then built the business and lives in your community and hires kids that work there, and everything stays there other than the franchise fee. Right, like that should fall under your that description, right? Well, you notice how n none of her answer. This I is, love Chick Fil A. By this, the way. <laughs> this is somebody's this lady's answer. Raising canes. It has it has nothing to do with location. It's small mom and pop shops, not big chains. Okay, has nothing to do with location. And I said, how big can a mom and pop shop get before they're no longer considered local? Oh, that was what you were saying earlier, right? And she said, good question. Normally, I'm a hometown local. Normally, um, in my hometown, local generally means shops on the square versus Walmart or Target. And, um, and then somebody else said... So what, if, so what if that mom and pop place decides to open another chain in another state? Right. Are They're they still no mom longer, and pop. Are they, still, are they not local? Right. Like, even if the original mom and pop is there, you're telling me when you went out of state and saw that store, you wouldn't shop there? Right. 
Right. Because they weren't, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, so ultimately this was a real, like, and here's one of the cooler answers. This is actually from another plumbing company owner here in town. <laughs> Plumbers. Ugh. And, and he said, this is definitely a tough one. He says, I like frou-frou coffee. However, I'm probably going to get it from Starbucks. <laughs> some guys like a fancy coffee. Because they're idiots. I don't, I don't know. know. Who like? Stop. Well, they may, will, they may say the same thing about guns. Maybe, maybe you like fancy guns, and they're going, he's idiots. How many yeah, guns do you need? I'm waving my gun around. He can wave his coffee cup around. Who cares? There's two types of coffee. There's homemade coffee, which can be cream or black, and there's espresso and double espresso. Everything else is junk. It's junk. <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. This is my opinion. I'm not here to argue about coffee. I don't, <laughs> I don't know just, anything about it, but yeah, what I'm saying, my opinion. <laughs> this, this guy says, when I want frou-frou coffee, I'm probably going to grab it from Starbucks. The small coffee shop right around the corner seems appealing, but do I want to risk my experience? I've been there a few times, and when the owner is there, he makes a fantastic cup of coffee. But sometimes you get the one person who doesn't make it like the menu suggests. Their brand does not scream consistency, and if they would just set some standards, every cup would be the same. But unfortunately, I'm going to Starbucks because they are a lot more consistent. And so... Um, maybe say something to them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe send an email that says, hey, I love your coffee. It's awesome. If it was more consistent, I would be here all the time. Right. That would, be, that would truly be supporting local business. Right. And he says, local bus- locally owned needs to work on their standards and raise the bar if they want to play in the market. I know us plumbing services businesses are all trying to do that exact same thing. So, like, he gets it, right? And he, yeah. and, and ultimately, like, that's one of the cooler answers in the thing because he understands the whole challenge with local. He understands that yeah. that coffee shop's probably saying you should shop local and not buy Starbucks. But meanwhile, your your quality is inconsistent, and so people don't want to shop there, right? Yeah, and you we, know, and we talked about that on the other one where we just talked. We we just hit shop local just a little bit, like because yeah. people were complaining. But it was mostly because people are complaining and then offering shit service, yeah, or 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 shit merchandise. Like there's like you a can't, you can't shop local if it sucks. Yeah. Like we haven't got into that. If if it sucks, I'm not going. Right. If it's equal or just a little bit under, I will shop local. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a reason there's a line wrapped around Starbucks almost every day. It's because people are stupid and they want to pay $55 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, regardless, I mean. It's dumb. Yeah, but they're, it's a pick they're a spending exa- their money. Pick a new example. Okay. Scooters. Scooters ain't local. They got, they got small little things everywhere. That's because people are lazy and they don't want to throw <laughs> coffee. What do you else you got? <laughs> but there's a reason cars are wrapped around those shops, right? There's no shortage of boutique coffee shops anywhere. Um, we've all got them everywhere, right? But the reason why those chains thrive is because they've gotten consistency, they've gotten standards, and the customer gets an expected experience every time. And so the reason I'm bringing this whole topic up is shopping local isn't really what you think it is, is because you can't solve the equation by location. And what you think local means is completely different to what anybody else thinks it means. They all have their own definition of local. However, the winners in the whole thing are the ones who are consistent at delivering the standard at scale. And, and what do we talk about in trade wins all the time? 
You have to have your processes, processes. in place yep. so that every one of your employees is delivering the same amount of service right. and the same amount of consistency. And so that every time a customer calls you, they're getting the same experience that a completely different customer got. Yep. They're getting and, the, they're getting the same experience they got the last time they called. Yeah, and they know with a different employee. With a different employee, and when they make a referral, they're confident in that referral because they know that the guy coming out is going to deliver the same type of service. Right. Right. That's what we preach all the time in Trade Wins and on the Void. Yep. If if you're not building personal relationship, if you're not putting processes into place, and you're not delivering consistency to your customers, you ain't gonna fucking make it. Right. It's a. Uh, That's it. It just ain't happening, dog. Yeah. It's similar to those all those phrases where it's like uh, free range chicken and fresh cracked egg or hand cracked egg or hand tossed pizza. It's just like those things could have. Different, different, yeah, it's, it's yeah. all about marketing. And that's yeah. what I said, it, you know, in the very beginning when we started talking about that, that's why I said, you know, Shop Local was originally a marketing scheme yeah. that kind of got out of control and people were trying to use it for everything, right? Well, and, everything. And here's what's really interesting. Uh, Austin just kind of brought this up. Language is an ever-changing thing. I have no doubt that originally Shop Local meant Shop Local. Right. But now the language of farmer's market and buy stuff that was grown down the street. Right. Now the language of shop local has more to do with company size and consistent standards than anything else. Or like a company will kind of, they won't maybe come out and say it, but you'll go into Chipotle and they show you artwork on the walls and stuff. And they, they make it seem like these are farms like down the street. Yeah. And so even if they don't outright say it, like there's other ways that companies can make it look like. Yeah, that's what the marketing I was talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's what they're working towards. You'll well, see chickens out in the field and really those aren't the chickens you're eating. And, I mean, <laughs> I went to Chipotle today and they had they had a phrase um, on some little image on, on somewhere in their store. And I think the phrase was like hand chopped or hand cut or something like that. And it was in quotations. And I could not help but think that that is probably some package that comes out largely cut up on its own. And their process is they whack it with a knife three times by hand Mm. to consider it hand chopped. You talking about Chipotle? Yeah. I I think they grill their chicken every day. I mean, you see me back there. I don't know. But but what I'm saying is... I said I think. Right. My trust in marketing language is like at an all-time low, right? Because because you've seen the bullshit. Yeah, yeah we all have. Yeah, well, yeah we, when you hit you know, 40, you're like, look, I've seen all your shit. Yeah, like, I, when they say stop. locally sourced chicken, that does not mean that chicken came from a local market. That means they had a local person in job of in the in the job of sourcing the chicken. Yeah, the right? middleman. The was chicken's here. still coming from China or whatever the, else or the some. Middle, the middleman lives here. Yeah. That's right. right. Dude, that's the locally sourced, right? I don't want to get off topic, but man, like, so we have chickens at the house, right? And the other day I literally was like, man, I want, I want some scrambled eggs. I went out there and picked three up that were literally all still warm. Mm-hmm. Dude, best fucking eggs I ever had in my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm rich. Like that's the, that is the freshest eggs you want to talk about I've shopping local? Ever had? You literally walked fourteen feet to go get them, and they were and they were they were ten minutes old. Yeah, like they were yeah. they were unbelievable. I remember, yeah. I remember seeing a documentary about I think it was like Big Chicken, and one of the things they talk about is like humanely raised chicken. But people don't realize that when you have a chicken farm, you're going to step on 
chickens when they're small and like they're gonna die like it's right. just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah humane is that's like another generic term like yeah. does humane mean that every it's day a different I, definition for everybody does that mean i don't go out there in the morning and scream at them you know what i mean does it like, mean that you don't have to put one down when it's hurt does it mean that one doesn't get eaten by a raccoon yeah you know it's that's just so weird yeah. it's just so dumb to me yeah you know, it's it's. I didn't mean to get us off topic, but no, man, that it, was like awesome. that was a week ago. But and I mean, that's essentially they were so fucking good. That's essentially oh. where the topic is: is everyone mm-hmm. interprets language differently, and the language of shop local is such a vague term. Shop local doesn't mean anything. I'm gonna right? end it, I'm gonna end it on this, and we're gonna move on. Shop local. Before you just like jump on board, and we're gonna shop local, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that. Think about what shop local means to you. Like, think about. Okay, if I go to this pizza place, like, where do the employees work? Do they work here? Yeah. Does the owner, like, live down the road? Yeah, that's shop local. If that's what shop local means to you, then that's fine. But don't get all huffy-puffy about shop local this and shop local that, and don't be throwing it all over your Facebook like, you've got to use my plumbing company because we're local. Well, there's 87 other local motherfuckers that are doing plumbing in your area. Okay, stop. Stop. For me, it has more to do with shop quality. And however you achieve the quality, I don't care. But for my time, effort, energy, and money, I want quality. Yeah. Right? And now, that comes under the heading that if you're sourcing shit from China and you're using the cheapest customer service reps you can find and you're outsourcing your phone calls and you're doing all of the other cheap moves... I'm out. It's probably not a quality experience. Yeah, I'm out. I'm so fucking out. shop quality should be replacing the term of shop local because chances are the most quality company in your area is local is also the most local. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Because right? they care about their community. Right. Right. And they want everyone in their community to be happy. If, so they're probably giving their best foot forward. If you live in the Midwest, I have to preface this with the Midwest. If you live in the Midwest and you call your plumber and you have to press one for English, that's probably not local, and that's probably not quality. I'll piss people off. It's not local. Hang the fuck <laughs> up and move on to the next dude. Right. I mean, I can't. Like, if you live in Arizona, you might have to press one for fuck English. Fuck that. Move out live, of Arizona and move you to live, a better state. If you live in Texas, you might have to. You know, just I'm, I'm like border states, oh, yeah, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. I thought you, I was thinking. I was thinking call centers. I apologize. Well, right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, if you're, if you're outsourcing your stuff to call centers in another place, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Hang yeah. up the phone and move on. Right. That's what but, I meant. But like, Not in, by, I didn't mean Mexican people living here because everyone yeah. knows I love Mexican people. Yeah. You know, you, you live in a state with a large Mexican Hispanic guys. population. Yeah. It's very, it's very common that you might have to press one or two for English or Spanish, yeah. right? Oh, 100%. Um, and, and so I'm not saying that there, but like in the Kansas City area, there is not a enormous. Hispanic population. So if you're if you're seeing that on your phones here, that's probably yeah. some. You're probably preparing for horrible quality, right? <laughs> Maybe. So, um, topic two: stop replying to bad reviews. And where this stems from is there are a large amount. So ultimately, where this stems from is we've all seen the articles where somebody writes a bad review, and the business owner owns them. They destroy them. They put together, they, they go to chat GPT and they get the best response they can and they just destroy this customer, right? I, I love that you're so obsessed with chat GPT. <laughs> I'm just saying. No one's using it but you that I know. I don't use it. 
I will say I use an app for like a for my alarm, like sleeping for alarms, and like a thing popped up the other day. It's like sleep chat chat GPT. I was like, what in the world? Now my sleep app is using chat GPT. Uh, your apps have been using chat GPT for a long ass time. Let me ask you a question. This is completely off topic, and we're gonna basically have to stop start this whole fucking thing over. On your, do you use your phone for an alarm? Yes, I do too. Is there a way to set it to music from Pandora? Uh, I'm sure there is. If I hear one more, I'm gonna fucking go postal and start killing people. Tell you what, we got a whole bunch of listeners on this show. If you know of a way to wake your phone or have your phone wake you up to Pandora, like your thumbprint radio or please, something like that, please send me something, people. Email us a, at askmitch at mitchsmedley.com, and we would love. To give you a shout out. Yeah, or David at tradewindsconsulting.com. Yeah, I will either take which. that too. Yeah. Please, someone fucking help me. I'm tired and I couldn't figure it out. I've been trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm, it's weird. Like some, with some tech stuff, I'm super bright. Yeah. With that phone, I can't, like I want to smash it with a hammer. Well, it's an iPhone and it already looks it like still it has, has home, been. It still has a home button on it. <laughs> First off, that screen is clear, crystal clear. It's never been broke, ever. My phone is crystal clear too, so two yeah. for two. You know what? That's my man, Austin. There you go. Pull your charging right. cord. Your charging cord. <laughs> hey, your charging cord. Still works. <laughs> Let's like, start this. Looks like a puppy this. got a hold of it, Let's but all right. Let's start this topic over. All right, so stop replying to bad reviews. Uh, it sounds crazy, right? Like, why wouldn't I want to reply to bad reviews? And where this comes from is so many people have seen all the people like own these customers, right? Well, it creates well, divisiveness too. It's a problem. It, it is. And, and ultimately, do you want a high Google rating or do you not, right? If your goal is a high Google rating, then your goal should be to solve the problem that caused the bad review. And, yes. um, I do not subscribe wholeheartedly to the idea that you can't make everyone happy. And I feel like I have some sort of uh, expertise in this area because at the date we're filming this show, we have like 745 Google reviews and we have a 5.0 rating, right? So all of those losers out there that are like, oh, you can't keep a 5.0 rating for long and, and all of this, you absolutely can. It, it depends. takes a lot of work the more reviews you get. It, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And your, your, your passion has to be in the right place, right? And so, and, and I'm not bragging about our rating or anything else, but what I'm saying is yes, this. No, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is this would come differently. If I had like a 4.6 rating and I'm trying to give you Google review advice. Yeah, it would come off as haphazard bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fake, right? Haphazard. So, um, you know. We, we know a thing or two about Google reviews, right? And so uh, Google reviews are very quickly becoming like your number one stream of income because everyone's reading reviews, right? Well, the problem is people think short-sighted and they think that there's victory in a quick-witted reply or, you know, I don't need every customer and all of this stuff, right? You're right. You don't need every customer. However... When you're replying to a Google review, you aren't replying to that person. Because here's what happens. Somebody writes you a bad Google review. You write some snarky, sarcastic reply to like get back at them or whatever. That's over and done with. They're going to read your reply. They're never going to use you again. And it's over and done with. It's water under the bridge. However, 
every single customer from here forward is going to read that reply. Every single potential customer. And do you think a customer wants to work with a company that when they were challenged on their quality, they got snippy and sarcastic and retaliatory, right? You, you don't want that. Yeah. And that's the, um, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time about being mature. Yeah. You know, like you just literally have to turn the switch and realize, oh, wait, I'm, I'm in this for the long-term play here. I cannot just be hot-headed Dave yeah. and, re- and just eat this guy's... Um, I almost said ass. I'm gonna say, <laughs> you can't chew this guy's Whoa. ass because because it's going to make you feel good in the short term. Yeah. Because you're looking at it at the long term play, right? Right. You have to be mature and say, I've got to step aside here and realize that even if I have to eat crow, and or if I have to make it feel like I'm eating crow and not be standing there with my chest out and puffed up and like, no, that's not you know. It's going to benefit you in the long run. Right. You, you, by stepping back and being humble, you're going to win in the long run. Yeah. And that is the whole point, right? Yeah, yeah, You're trying to grow and get bigger and move on and move ahead. And if you have to, like, you know, bow down and kiss someone's ass to get that review changed so that later you can have 700 reviews and it's a five-star rating, you just have to do that. Right. And it sucks. No one... Let's be honest. Construction guys don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Mitch is a baby. He'll do it. He doesn't care. I'm a baby. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, my soul is like, like, I can hear it yelling at me, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yep. This is not who you are. Well. But it's like, you have to, you have to overcome that and be humble and realize that I have to have a mature state about me here and do the right thing yeah, for the company going forward. So before we get too deep into this, if you want, like, write this down. Get a pen and write this down. Okay, I got a pen. Um, Go ahead. If you want my full playbook for how to get Google reviews, go back to episode 36 of this show. Did you go back and look it up today? I, I know that episode like the back of my hand. I, I, <laughs> I link that episode to people all the time. Uh, okay. That and, makes more sense. And so, and 36, ever since I was a kid, 36 is my favorite number. Okay. And I'm so not, I'm not writing that down. Yeah. No, so <laughs> no you, offense. <laughs> you go to episode 36 of this show and it is literally my full playbook on how to get Google reviews. And at the time we filmed that episode, we had just crossed 400 Google reviews. Do you think so, that was... You think that was six months into the podcast? Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, too, like yeah, four reviews, to six months in, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking it was four to six months in, and then it yeah it had to be. Yeah, it had to be episode thirty six, whatever it was. So that would have been like the. What are we at now, Austin? Uh, one hundred and eight. This is one hundred nine. This is one hundred nine. This is yeah. one hundred nine. Yeah. God. So, um. If you want my full playbook for how to get Google reviews, go to episode 36. And and nothing in that playbook has changed, not one bit. When we recorded that show over a year ago, we yeah. had gotten up to 400 Google reviews and we had a 5.0 rating. Well, now, as of today, we're like three or four or five reviews away from 750, and we still have a 5.0 rating. So, like, all we're, we're doing literally the same thing we did in that episode. So, um... One of the things, though, is, and I don't know if we talked about it in that episode or not. I may have to go back and re-listen to it. You will get a bad review. And the thing is, a lot of customers <clears throat> think 
that the way to get a company's attention is to leave them a bad review. Keep in mind, we're in a state in a society right now where people are more afraid of conflict than ever before. They yeah, don't want to sad. they don't want to call the company and and vent their frustrations to the owner, but they're happily eager to go leave a bad review. Yeah. Right? And so when really they want their problem fixed, they want the reason that they had to leave the bad review. They wish that didn't happen and they would like you to make it right. Yeah. They would rather not call and just have the problem resolved. Right. Well, like that's what they, that's what they want. Yeah. And, and so like ultimately that's what they wanted when they called you. They didn't want to have a problem when they called you. But um, because we are like all of society is, is so eager to avoid conflict People, instead of calling in and trying to get the issue taken care of, they leave a bad review. Well, business owners want to avoid conflict, too. So instead of calling the customer and tucking their tail between their legs and swallowing their pride and acting like a mature adult, instead of doing all of that and calling the customer and being like, hey, I understand we didn't meet your expectations. What can we do different? Yeah, they puff up on Google. They want to go puff up in a reply and like own their ass, right? Yeah. And so... Um, that's not good for the longevity of your business. I didn't say eat their ass. I said, own their ass. Dave's over here. He's Dude, key. I'm, I'm he something. can't I'm even on open a, his eyes. I'm on a whole other level right now. It had nothing to do with any of that. Okay. I just want you guys to know. I just, so now, um, let me pause here real quick. When you see <laughs> those epic replies that get shared on social media and all of this stuff, let me tell you where those come from. Some of that's marketing too. Some of it's marketing. To clicks. However, most of it, it comes from the restaurant industry. In the restaurant industry, it's impossible to get a 5-0 rating. The reason why is because taste is subjective. I can make the best steak ever, and 8 out of 10 people will absolutely love my steak. Yeah, and 2, are, and two absolutely hate it. Because right? they, they, they think they're, we're getting off top, top of here, they think they're food snobbies, or Who, they're, they're food connoisseurs, well, or they're whatever. And let's be honest... They don't know what fucking good meat is. Who knows? Bit them in the butt. Who knows? Right? I like vegan. Fuck you. You may like <laughs> sweet, and I may like sour, and uh, I may like tangy. Like who knows? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the in the food industry, you cannot have a five O rating, and so the food industry can literally play off of the bad reviews. Like I've seen people put out their little wedge boards, like their little yeah, 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 yeah. their boards on the sidewalk yeah, at yeah, restaurants, yeah. and they'll say come in and try the worst coffee Barbara from Ohio has ever had. Yeah, and people will be like, and fuck they, Barbara, I want to try this coffee. Yeah, and like, they're going to make a sale, right. right? Like, it's instantaneous. Yeah, like, so it's different in the food industry. But However, let's be honest, we're not talking about the food industry. Well, I, what I'm saying is, is <laughs> service business owners see those kinds of replies and think that they have the ability to do the same thing. And they don't. And, and, in our yes, businesses, right. plumbing, heating, cooling, yes, electrical, right. carpet cleaning, lawn mowing, whatever the case may be, it is a black and white solution. Mm-hmm. You know, did you mow the lawn correctly? 
Did you blow the sidewalk off? Did you yeah. Did you destroy their yard because you were trying to mow too fast? Did the water stop dripping out of the bottom of the faucet? Exactly. Did you fix like the problem a, or did it it's not? It's cut and dry, right? Right. Uh, like did you track mud on their carpet or did you not, right? Like yeah. these are very cut and dry things and, you know, was your was your service tech nice? Was he kind and courteous or, or was, was he, he meek? Right. Yeah, it's not it's not hard. Right. And and so um you know, in the service industry, it is very black and white. And so when you have somebody light you up in a bad review, do not reply to it. Call them, email them, text them, yeah, this find is- a way to get a hold of them. And here's all it's, it's literally this simple. And the first time you do it, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable as hell, but I don't care. You're going to call them up and you're going to say, you know, Hey Roger, I, I understand that you may have not had the best ex- experiences with us. Um, my name is Mitch. I own the company and delivering a high quality experience is like my main goal. And so I want to hear from you what we could do different next time. Yeah. And you literally open yourself up to become vulnerable and Roger's going to vent and, and the, he's going to start talking and you don't say another word the, until he stops. The first two, the first two hard things there are like literally the two hardest things are after you've made the phone call is saying I heard we screwed up and I want you to tell me what we can do better right and you it, the hard part of the second thing there is you can't say anything you yeah. have to take the ass eaten yeah that's literally what literally what you're doing is setting yourself up to get your butt chewed because your guy screwed up yeah it, whether it whether it be even if it's not your guy's fault, you're yep. still taking that. Right. And literally, you just have to be in the right mindset of I'm taking this. And if you have to think of, I've got three kids that are getting ready to go to college, and I'm just gonna this is just washing over me, and I don't care, and I'm gonna deal with it, and it's for a better purpose than this this. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. 30 sec- Literally, it could be a 30 second phone call. Right. It could be a five minute phone call. It's five minutes in your life's scheme to get great. It doesn't fucking matter. Well, it's, and it's literally a blip on the radar. And if you turn that guy and he is a hundred percent happy after that phone call and you've done the right thing, you've got 10 more calls coming your way. Right. So like most of the time, most of the time when you listen to these guys and, and I'm in, in, and what Dave's saying is exactly right. The thing that you have to watch out for, though, don't answer the phone and then ignore them. Right? You got to listen. You got yeah. You got to be engaged. Yeah. You have to be engaged. And and what you're going to find when you start listening to them 
is usually it's 50% your fault and 50% what's going on in their own life. You know, well, and sometimes, I, sometimes I got stuff off just work late missed. and there was an accident and I missed your guy was here when I got here and I was late. And then your guy was upset that he was having to wait on me and he almost tried to leave. And then the price was a lot more than I was expecting. And then he got done way too quick, you know? And, and so really like when a guy says something like that, he like had, he's, a, he's just mad. And had he a had a day. bad day at work. Yeah. And there was like very little you were going to do to be successful there, right? However, you you listen, you apologize, you know, and and you don't you don't like try to combat them or anything else. You say, "Oh man, that's, you know, I'm sorry that all that happened. What could we have done differently?" And you you literally just ask him, "What could we have done differently?" And again, he's going to launch into all these things. You could be more flexible on your schedule, and and your pricing could reflect the more you know time and you know all this stuff. And again, what, he's just venting. And, right? and and what it does too is it allows that some people will will think, and then it literally allow makes them think. Well, you know what? Like maybe it wasn't all them, and they may still go into the same rant yep. of over the edge but literally the whole time they're thinking oh shit you know what maybe uh, maybe this is just a bad situation and we're going to work it out but I'm going to hold my ground yep and if he holds his ground and you back down a little bit he's more than likely going to come to you right right he's right. more than likely going to like you know whittle down I, and I want to say before I forget my point uh, a second point here is you know when you have um, when you have sales meetings and you're talking to your guys about you know this and that and blah 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 it's hard to get everyone to the point of being the greatest salesman in your crew, right? Right. Like, so you're obviously going to have this type of call all the time. And but even the is, greatest salesman has a bad day. Well, yeah, he does. But this is like one of those things you can deal with. Hey, man, it, it, if someone comes in, and this isn't a thing you'd like try to teach. You're not trying to teach someone to be this way. You, you just say it. Hey, man, if someone comes in and they're super pissed and they're super you know, upset and they're, they're already mad and they're late and they're, you know, worried about this. And you, you know that you're trying to get home. So you're trying to kind of hurry, you know, maybe this might be a, a point to lighten the mood. Yeah. You know, whatever it is like, this is in depth sales training yep. and this probably isn't the, the place to be talking about it, but you know, like in heating and cooling specifically, this is a problem we have all the time. Yep. Like it's seven o'clock and someone's stuff is broke and it's hot and they just got home, and they're mad. Mm -hmm. And then they call. This isn't like plumbing. Like, this is literally, I've been working all day, and I'm going to your house at 7, and you don't understand that I've been up since 5.30, and I'm literally about to crack your skull for calling me at 7. Right. Like, it's just, it's it. that's one of those places where you're butting heads immediately. Yep. But after you get in there and realize they're mad, you're mad, this is a, a spot to make a sale and you can lighten that mood and you can use a little salesmanship. And then that person realizes, Oh man, it's seven o'clock and they're still working. Right. You own their ass. Yeah. You own their ass on that sale. Like yeah. you, you could literally walk in there and be like your capacitors out. And instead of three fifty, I'm charging you seven fifty, And they're like, because after that, they're like, you mean it's going to be on tonight? Can I pay you in cash? Would you like a cold beverage and some dinner too? Yeah. Like you like you literally own their ass. Yep. But it's the whole point of being able to soften that blow and soften that situation so that you can talk to them as if you've known them forever. Right. You right. know what I mean? Right. 
Well, this this would be coming like after all of that, right? Like assuming your tech didn't do that. Yes, of course. I, and, and that's what I said by I'm yep. going to get off topic here, but this is that that's like a a salesmanship thing you can try to teach your guys on the side, guys or gals. Yep. On the side of hey, when everyone's mad and everyone's pissed off, if you can set that shit aside yeah. and try to be humble and try to be that guy's buddy for five, literally five minutes. Yep. Is all it takes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like my process for when I get a bad review, because we get them from time to time. Punch them in the face. And, and when we have <laughs> as many reviews as we do, we can get a bad review and we still hold like a 5.0 rating does not mean we have all five stars. Um, no, it means you hold a 5.0 average. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Google, it's literally a math well, problem, right? Yes. Uh, a yes. four, you know, every review is worth the number of points in equivalent to stars. And so. 750 reviews they are looking for you know what's your average point rating per review and as long as you have more than 4.95 stars per review then you're golden and so we still have bad reviews i've got a couple of one stars um ironically two of our one star reviews came from a shitbag house flipper in Lee Summit that tried to scam us out of five thousand dollars. Dave Hilton. But no. <laughs> you want to give it back? No. That's my money, bitch. Um, and I'm not even gonna take the easy path and name drop that bitch, but that's no. all right. No, so, that's the high road. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here is taking the high road. So um what we do, you call them up, you don't you don't text them you want to have a phone call with them you don't email them you don't like you don't get behind a keyboard keyboards give people power to get witty um much like you talk differently with people face to face than you do over text or over a phone call you need to call them you can get super witty in a text half of that goes away when you call them and the other half of that goes away when you're face to face right um behind a keyboard people will talk like they can't get punched in the mouth Right. And so they get super witty. They get super combative and everything else. Is this my greatest short relived? (laughs) (laughs) And and so if you call them, half of that goes away. And so you call them, you call them for one and then you drop your guard for two. You'd let them know, like, what could we have done different? Please tell me, how about you help me run a better business? I'm eager to hear your opinion, right? Yeah. Because at this moment, they think they know how to run your business better than you. Yeah. Let them think it. Let them think it and let them give you the feedback, right? And they vent and they vent and they vent and and you'd be surprised. Sometimes your guys drop the ball. Sometimes they absolutely do. Um, Well, and that's what I was saying earlier. No one is going to have a a perfect, no one is going to have a perfect experience every time and not every salesman or service tech is going to have a hundred percent qual quality. Call quality. Yeah. Thank you. Every time. It's just, it's impossible. No one's perfect. Right. Like it's, it's just impossible to obtain for, but what's not impossible is trying to overcome that after the fact when you have a failure. Right. Like a prime example of one and give effort in my company is when, when a customer books a call with us, we make a promise to them over the phone that, um, the technician will present all pricing before any work is done. So that way there are no surprises. That is a promise we make to every single customer that comes to us, right? And every once in a while, our technicians will get out there and they deviate from the process. And all of a sudden, they fixed the thing. And now they're going, well, i got to charge the customer something. And they never presented pricing before the work was done. And so they're like, oh, I'll charge a diagnostic charge. And so they spring a diagnostic charge on them at the close of the sale, 
right? Mm. And 50% of the time, the customers are like, yeah, that's fair. I understand that you kind of fixed it during the diagnosis, so I'll pay the diagnostic charge, and they, they're fine with it. 50% of the time, the customers are like, I thought all pricing was going to be discussed before work was done. And, and so the technician will kind of stay the course and kind of push the issue. And, and so then here comes the bad review, right? Well, the, how do you... How do you forget that? That's your number one thing that you preach. Well, here's the here's the reason why is like let's say let's say a tankless water heater isn't working, and you pull the cover off and you start looking at it. It's in your first few minutes of arriving, right? Okay. You're not under some ambiguous diagnostic charge, right? It's okay. like let me take a look and see if see if we can figure it out, right? And you're you're kind of you're kind of doing your initial survey of like what am I what's going to be involved in even figuring out what's going to take, right? So let's say you pull the cover off and there's a wire disconnected. And you're like, well, let's just try to reconnect that wire and see if it comes back to life. Boom. You reconnect the wire. Everything works perfectly. Okay. So you're talking minimum charge there. Yeah. Some, some minimum diagnostic okay. charges, right? But here's the is thing. That, is that usually what it is? Our minimum charge covers a quarter hour. Well, that quarter hour may have been fixed in 37 seconds. So you're telling... Oh, how, so how do you overcome that? When you walk in the door, you say you realize our... our Service charge is eighty nine ninety five. If I get into this and it takes me five minutes, you're still on the hook for eighty nine ninety five. Yeah, the, the service charge happens to get the tech out there. But I'm saying you have to tell that customer that beforehand. They they already to know avoid that. that charge. They already know that the service charge happens before our technician gets there. Okay. But um, a lot of times our guys will try to do some minimum diagnostic charge without getting it authorized with the customer first, and so um, it's a very real thing, right? And so literally, my go to. I've made the promise to them when they booked the call. We did not live up to that promise. We charged them pricing that they was not approved ahead of time. And so if I want to piss the customer off and piss about 10 other future customers off, yeah, I'll stick to my guns and be like, what do you expect? Right. Or <laughs> do you say it like that too? No. <laughs> um, for the record, I've never done that. Um, Only when you're talking to me on the phone. We did, Dave. Yeah. But but the flip side is, okay, yeah, you're right. We did make that promise, and I'm sorry that the technician presented pricing at the collection phase that was not approved beforehand. Uh, I'm going to refund all that to you yeah, because we I, made a promise to you, and I'll, I'll yeah. regurgitate. We made the promise to you over the phone that all pricing would be discussed before any work is done. So if we didn't discuss that pricing, I can't charge you for it. And I give them all their money back on the charge. They still pay the trip charge. But I give them whatever repair charge they paid. Yeah, I, I give it back, and it's, it's usually less than a hundred or two hundred bucks, right? Yeah, and the dick move is, hey, dude, when when you go back down there and unplug that wire. No. <laughs> so and, and I then say I, that's the dick move. Yeah, and so then I have to have a conversation with my guys about like there, there's a whole different way you can approach that, and that's a topic for another day. Like if you yeah. pull the cover off and you see wires disconnected, really. So we'll we'll talk like, about it now. So he should have went up there and been like, hey, I I, I took the cover off. I found some wires disconnected, so I'm gonna. So you're gonna have the service charge rate, and you're gonna have I don't know what. You're gonna have our minimum 15, 15 minute, quarter you, hour. You don't even like, need to tell them that. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know you, what, how you guys this, handle it. This, this, I know how I would handle it. I'm saying you. So what? Like your professional eyes found the wires disconnected. Okay, the customer had no clue what they were looking at. The customer would have never solved this issue on their own. So if you pull the customer, if you pull the cover off of a tankless and you see obvious problems, you literally go right back to the customer and you say, "I'm seeing a couple of things I don't like, but we have a minimum diagnostic charge of X, and for that minimum diagnostic charge, I'm going to go through the system, 
completely, basically turn it off and we're going to like restart the thing up from the get go. And, and we're going to, we're going to run through some basic diagnostics with it. And it's possible that may solve the issue. It's possible there may be more, right? Because we don't, we don't know at this point, we don't know reconnecting the wire is going to fix it. And so they approve the minimum diagnostic charge. And then you take your professionalism and you go start reconnecting the wires that you know should be connected and you go through ahead and cycle it through its pace and make sure it's starting up, make sure, you know, you, you do a call for heat and make sure it is heating and, you know, all that stuff. Well, now they've approved it ahead of time. Yeah. And the same result happened. Your professionalism solved the issue. The only difference is you got the charge approved before anything happened and because they've now approved it it gives you time to go to the fixtures check the temperature of the water make sure it's working make sure the unit's shutting off when you stop calling water make sure it comes back on a second time like you you can turn the water off and clean the inlet screen on the tankless like there's you can you it can gives do a lot, you a lot of you, you can do a lot of things and, right and, and i'm only gonna play devil's advocate here because it's a podcast and sometimes i like burning your balls um the problem, the real problem is in that in those type of small situations there is that that takes next level salesmanship and that takes next level thinking. And I'm not saying your guys are like this. Most of the guys that are running plumbing service can't can't do that. Right? They can't. They they literally can't fucking do that. Let's they be honest not, though. They do not have the the one personality. They do not have the 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 forethinking to handle that. I mean, business owners do, right? Like, that's why you want to be a business owner because you're next level and you know that you're better than everyone around you, Yeah. right? That's that's why you're going to be a business owner. Three, you just, it's, even when you have great guys, it's almost impossible to train that. Yeah. That's why, really, this topic is on the podcast. Well. Like, because because those guys are going to miss that stuff and you have to know how to handle it. And you have to you know, know how to train your guys to avoid that problem in the future. Well, they're all, but even like you said, they're still, they're still going to miss it once in a while. They are. Right. They they're, are. They're going to miss it. Yeah. But as a business owner, you are the filter, you are the screen, you are the backlight, right? You, right. You are the one calling and saying what happened. Yeah. And then you handle that situation. So you give your guys everything that you can give them to avoid that situation. But when that situation comes up, you have to be the backstop, right? Right. You you have to know that I have to be humble, that I have to be, um, you know, second in command basically when they're calling and I have to appease this customer, even though it's a one in a million shot that this guy missed it. Well, and right. Like most of the time your guys are going to do right. Most of the time they are. Of and course they are. Here, here's the problem where most guys fail is they are way too passionate about their team and they are not passionate enough about the customer. And if you are too passionate about your team and not about the customer, you'll side with your team every time. And the problem with that is when you side with your team, you feel or when you side with the customer, you feel like you're striking against your team. And it's not necessarily the case. It's perfectly okay to side with the customer and admit that your team could have done better and then just constantly work on that. Funny thing about business ownership, your team can always do better. Even the highest performing team out there can still do better, right? Super Bowl champions can still do better at what they're doing. And so, um, you know, you admit fault. If, if your guy dropped the ball, didn't get the charges yeah. approved ahead of time or whatever the case may be, you admit fault, you refund the money. Ultimately, 
you have that conversation with the customer you get that squared away with the customer you make it right with the customer and then you say now I called you because you had left that review on Google or Yelp or whatever the case may be. And um, I wanted to, like, I didn't want to reply to the review. Like, you, you literally say these words. I didn't want to reply to the review. I wanted to call you because, it, it, like, customer service is our goal. And so um, now that we're refunding the money for that and, and we're not charging you for that, um, I understand that it wasn't quite in the process that we wanted. And I hate that you had to leave the bad review to get my attention. Um, but would you agree that we've gone out of our way to make this right? Because that's ultimately our goal is we want to make you happy, right? Yeah. Whether and, that's giving money back, whether that's coming back, whether that's whatever. You right. want to apologize from the guy, apology from the guy, I'll send Spencer's ass back out there. Right, right. Yeah. And and so Sorry, Spencer. typically, <laughs> uh, this, and this has nothing to do with him. No, it doesn't. Um, I, just, I just brought him up. So. The, typically, that will prompt the customer to say, oh, yeah, you guys have done great. I'm going to go in there and revise that review. I'm going to edit it. Yeah. Right. Um, and they may or they may not, but then you give them three or four days, you give them time to go edit that review. And if they haven't edited it in three or four days, you call them back Yeah. and you say, Hey, Mr. Jones or Mrs. Smith or whatever, you know, um, I noticed that your review was still there, but we did kind of go out of our way and make things right. You know, we did drop the ball for sure. And, and so, but, <clears throat> but we came back and made it right. Did you did you plan on editing that review or not? And you can just ask them, right? And it's not wrong to ask them. Yeah. Sometimes they're going to say, oh, shoot, yes, you're right. I totally, I mean, I'm going to go do it right now, right? Other times they're going to be like, no, that was my honest assessment of everything and I'm going to leave it. Yeah. Okay, I totally understand. Call us in the future if you need us, right? Now is when you go reply to the review. When yeah. you reply to a bad review, it should be the summary from the company's standpoint of everything that you did between the time they left the bad review and now it should be everything that you've done to try to make it right. And so now because customers read the owner's reply to the review. So now you can come back as the owner and say in the review, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Jones. Yeah, I'm sorry. We did drop the ball. It is our company policy that we get all pricing before any work is done. And we did, have that additional charge on the invoice that you didn't approve, but we did return that to you after you called and, and made us aware of it. We, we refunded that a hundred percent because yeah. that is our policy. So, you know, I wish there was more that was done. I'm sorry that this happened, but you did get all your money back. And, and if there's anything we can do for you in the future, let us know. Right. Yeah. So now we're never owning somebody in a review. We're never, we're never clowning them around. Right. No, but you're, you're proving that if something does go wrong and they do leave a bad review, you're going to take care of them. Right. So even like literally when people are looking through those reviews and they're like, Oh, look at these bad ones down here. And then you see the response. You're like, Oh, right. Well, even though it was a bad review, they still took care of it. Yeah. And you know, that's what people want to see when they're going through reviews because everybody's human and everybody makes mistakes. Not everybody can be perfect every single time. However, how you, how you make up for your mistakes is what sets you apart from everybody yeah, else. Be, being a person and being a real life human and then owning it is the number one sales tactic. Yeah. Right. Now I will say, um, I did, I have one review where I tried to own somebody in the review and that's that scam that, that 
house flipper and Lee Summit that tried to scam us out of five thousand dollars. Fuck them. And and basically, basically that's Fuck what I said. They they left. So um, it was this chick and her boyfriend, um, and her, his review showed up immediately. And he didn't leave any descriptions or anything, but it's got his name on there. We know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, the fucker tried to scam us out of 5000 bucks. We were lucky to come out of it with like 2500 And I had to threaten yeah. putting a lien on their property to even get that. You see, you're and nice so, to me. I'd have put a fucking lien on it and been like, we're going to court. I don't know what to tell you. Well, in, it, in email, like it, in doc, like the way this thing, this wing went south fast. And so in email, in documentation, it literally said, if you pay X, I will not put a lien on your property. And so they paid X. And so here it is in writing. Yeah. I told them, you paid X. I'm not putting a lien. So they paid X and X, I didn't put X a lien. X would have been $1 lower for me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, um, then uh, I replied to the review and I said, yeah, I would have to agree. Our experience with XX company yeah. uh, was indeed the same. However, we have found it you know, to be beneficial that you pay your bills. If you pay your bills, this doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So basically I was calling him out saying you don't pay your bills. Yeah. So and then, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we when we ran through that whole process of getting all of our missing Google reviews back. Now the girls one star review showed up. Nice. That, was, that was one of the hundred and twenty six reviews we got was her one star from a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. And so I've left hers. I've never replied to it because it's freaking old. It yeah. is way old. I just left it as zero. I disputed it. Um, yeah, left I, it as what it is. I'd leave it on there. I, well, I can't. You can't take them off. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, a lot of people think you can take off bad reviews. You absolutely can't. So yeah. I left it on there. But um, um, I haven't replied to it. I may now. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, it's buried. It's it's so fucking yeah. old. It's not, even, yeah. it's not even funny. Yeah, you have to go find it. Yeah. So, but ultimately, don't reply to the bad review. Call the customer. Solve the issue. Like if say, you're solve literally the problem. solve yeah. the problem. Don't become combative. Right. Like deal with the situation. Yeah. And and ultimately, if you get a bad review, the easiest way to handle the bad review is bury it with twenty good ones. You know, twenty good reviews outweighs a bad review. Yeah. So go is get. It, is that what the number is? If you oh, get a no. one, if you get a one. I know it's off of percentage, but like, what's the basic? If you get one, how many fives does it take to bury that one? So let's let's run under the heading of a hundred reviews. Okay, and a five star review is worth five points. So if you had okay. if you had a hundred five star reviews, you would have five hundred points. Okay, right. So that would be a five point zero zero rating. Oh, at five hundred points. Okay. And, so and, okay. And so if you had so if you ninety nine, if you had one one in there, yeah, if you had ninety nine five stars. And one four star, you still be a five. You would have four hundred and ninety six points, so that would be a four point nine six rating, so which would round five. to a five point oh. Okay. Okay. So for every one hundred five stars you get, you can afford one one star. Now it or, gets really confusing whenever you get two stars get and three stars and, and four stars and, and all of that yeah. stuff, right? So, but if you want the full playbook for how to get boatloads of five star reviews, join trade wins and Mitch will call you and tell you how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> shameless go, plug here. <laughs> go, go to episode thirty six of this show. You'll see exactly how we do it. We don't use a review service. We don't use an app. We don't use some weird, like spammy phone yeah. number that's texting yeah. them after we leave or anything <laughs> like. Like, go to episode thirty six. Yeah. You see the exact playbook for how we do it. It fucking works. 
and literally by next week, we will have 750 Google reviews, and we will still have a 5.0 rating. So it's pretty we'll badass. See. We'll see. I got some spare time. You, you see, week. yeah. I got, uh, maybe, I got maybe some spare I time some... and 17 burner accounts. I'm just going to light you up. <laughs> some twos and threes and some ones. Yeah. You know, we're going to test Mitch's <laughs> fortitude next week. Yeah. I'm call him Austin and be like, hey, boop, what are you doing? Like you want to no. light him up? You want to record me giving Mitch some bad reviews and see you, how it works out? You get in touch with your brother and see if there's like some way you can hack it where it shows him like a four point two average. You know what? I'm I, not guarantee, I guarantee. I guarantee they probably <laughs> figure out a way to mess with them or like I wouldn't know. do that. <laughs> Good I luck. Might. I might. You know they say the most profitable companies out there have a four point eight rating because it's just believable enough. No. Because the difference between a 4.8 and a 5.0 is the number of people complaining about the price. And so um, if you have a 4.6, you're complaining about a whole lot more than the price. But at a 4.8, you could be the best company out there and your pricing is too high. Do you want me to seriously review some uh, reviews? Fuck no. Okay. I'm pushing for a 1,000 reviews and a 5.0 rating. Hey, dude, all you have to ask... All you have to do is ask, and I nope. will I will fucking melt you down. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another episode where we've run long, but we dropped some really, really good content. So um, if you guys got value out of this show, please do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might want to hear it. We do all of this stuff for free. Dave has drawn a picture of... I did this last episode. Yeah, he's it's drawn the same, a... It's the same finger. It's it's a picture of a middle finger. I'm saving this for you. Okay. Every, well, every week. Maybe later. Not now. Is your wife up? I don't know. She's still sleeping. So... <laughs> uh, uh, if you guys got value, if there's somebody out there that you think would benefit from this, send them a link to this show. Like, literally click on the share feature. If you see somebody on some, like, Facebook group or somebody asking questions about how to start their own business, please do us a favor and tell them to watch The Void, listen to The Void, however you're hearing about it. We have a Facebook page. You can literally go at Podcast The Void and find us there. And as always, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, you can always send those questions to Ask Mitch at mitchsmedley.com. We will get those and we can answer them and uh, go from there. So uh, until next time, guys, we will see you later. We love you.